1: Broadway moves quickly to main times coming. The spectacular spin reverse themselves, and their light is flung downward into the seekers. And the colors, pinwheel on a silken cheek, spin across a smile and move down street. And behind the plate glass, the resting place, the enameled oasis, two cups of coffee, a cigarette. That's the formula that conjures up a second breath, needed before going out on the street to try once more. But somehow, it's always a little too late. The girl who just drifted by the window is gone now, lost forever. And first nightfall in the place where I was, police headquarters, going home time. Time for stopping by, picking up a friend who rides the subway with you. You ready, Muggervin?
3: I don't know how else to make you understand. You're not even looking at the picture. Perhaps you can make him understand. Well, what's the trouble? Leela Royce.
4: Yeah, this is Lieutenant Clover.
3: Make him understand. Oh,
4: what? Well, here, take a look at this picture, Danny.
3: My sister, Margaret.
4: Now, from looking at the picture, how old would you say her sister was? Oh, uh, I'd say ten. Well, so she's 55.
3: That's right. Margaret's 55 years old. Three years older than I am. She's not home. And she won't ever be home again.
4: Well, I don't understand.
3: You either?
4: Well, this is the only picture she has of her sister, Danny and her sister's missing. I've been trying to tell her to report it to Missing Persons Bureau, and she just...
3: Margaret's never coming home again. Well, why do you say that? Oh, if you knew what I knew. If you'd seen it.
4: Seen what? Her
3: apartment. What's happened to it?
1: Would you like to show it to me?
3: Yes, yes, I would. Perhaps that'd be the best way. Then you'd understand. I love her. I love my sister very much, and I... Miss Royce? You must try to understand.
4: Yes? Uh, yes, Miss Royce?
3: Understand the closeness of sisters and so many intimate things to be shared. Oh, dreams and dances and things. And suddenly torn from you and. Are you coming, gentlemen? Is this your sister's place, Miss Royce? Come, I want to show you. So you'll believe. Come in, gentlemen. You see? You see what terrible, lonely thing must have happened to Margaret. You see now, don't you?
4: room's torn apart real good, Danny.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And the chair overturned, the lamp broken, drape's torn from the windows.
3: Margaret struggled, fought him. Him? She would have done that, beaten him, clawed him. My sister would have done so. Not just stand and let fear turn her blood to water. <laughs> Not Margaret.
4: Well, you said him. You know it was a man, Miss Rice?
3: I know that my sister's been hurt. And I know something else.
4: you let us share it with you, huh, Miss Rice?
3: Margaret's dead.
4: How can you know that, Miss Rice?
3: I'll show you. You refuse to believe, I'll show you. This.
1: Well, that leather box is... Lined
3: with lovely soft pink silk. Here, feel it. Touch it. Go on. It. Look,
1: Miss Rice... Uh...
3: Margaret has had this since she was a young girl. Her jewel case. Father gave it to her. And she kept her wonderful jewels in it. A necklace a boyfriend gave her a long time ago. A amethyst. And a cameo that my father gave her. And there was a ring set with diamonds. Oh, so many things. Topaz, garnets, and... Empty now. You see how empty it is. Robbery, huh, Danny? Someone knew about her beautiful things and how she was alone and forced his way in here and stole from her and beat her and took her away because he realized he'd killed her and he had to hide my sister because he well, ki- Maybe
1: it was like that. Maybe... How
3: else? How else could it have been? What else could have happened to her? The way her nice things have been broken stolen jewels.
1: We'll need as complete a description of her as you could. Can...
3: This picture? Take it.
1: That's of a child, Miss Rice. A girl ten years old.
3: The eyes. The shape of the mouth. That look. The head held quite high. These have not changed. In Margaret, these things have not... Please. Yes? Take me home. I want to go home. Please.
1: So leave Mugovan there to pry and see now a lady home. ride right uptown from Washington Square to West 40th, and it's this lady beside you with a new problem. To be worked out with pocket mirror and lipstick, erased with tissue and attempted again. Also the corollary of the must hair, pocket comb and the heel of the hand, adjusts, rearranges, twists... And the only words...
3: Third house from the corner.
1: And the third house is respectability five stories high. Discreet living quarters for discreet people who find no trouble in getting used to green carved carpets throughout, nor the corridors wallpapered in green leaves tumbling down from the floor above.
3: That's the door of my apartment at the end of the hall, where the young man's standing. Do you know that young man? Of course. Hello, Donnie. Hello, Miss Royce. Here's the key, Donnie. You may open the door. This is Lieutenant Clover. He's from the
5: police. Hello. I'm Donald Benton. Miss Royce, is it all right? Of
3: course. I want him to come in. Is there any trouble? Of course.
1: Miss Royce's sister is missing.
3: She's dead. You know she's dead. I'm going to sleep, Donnie.
5: Yes, Good night, Miss Royce.
3: It's all right, isn't it, Mr. Clover?
5: Good night, Miss Royce.
3: You two will talk, I'm sure.
5: Just sleep well. She said your name was Clover. Yeah, that's right. Do you live here? No, I came to visit, that's all. Is Miss Royce a relative or what? Friend, a very good friend. My best, I guess you'd say. I see. One day in the park, she was lost... I spotted it right away. I brought her home. Since then, we've been very good friends. For very long? A year or so. You see, it was at Coney. So many people get lost there. Mostly children, though. That's right. And people who are afraid. Like Miss Royce. She was at Coney in the amusement park where I worked. She was with her sister. What happened to her sister? Tonight, I mean. We don't know. We'll find her. Well, tell me what happened at Coney. Well, she... Well, I can tell when they're lost. She was. And I came up to her and I asked her whether I could help her. She said, please don't, oh, please don't turn me over to a policeman or a man in charge of lost children. I I don't want to be treated like a child, she said. Go on. So I brought her home. I left my job and I brought her home. I never went back to my job at Coney again. Well, how do you get along? You see, Miss Royce is very timid. When she's with me, shows or dinners or civic events, she's not afraid. I take her to these places. She pays for tickets and. Gives you pocket money? Not often. She wants to all the time, but I get along all right. Get a job of some sort now and then. One more question. Where do you live? On 3rd. I have a room there. You want the number? Yes. 1212. Miss Royce. Miss Royce. She's sleeping already. She must have been exhausted. We'd better go now. Daddy?
4: Talking to you, Danny. Uh huh. Oh, what do you want? Well, turn around and talk to me with your face, Danny. I get an inferior feeling from conversations with people's backs. Oh, sorry, Muggerman. I was just... You never give up, do you, Danny? You'll never listen to what I tell you. You got something, Muggerman? Let me finish, huh? You never listen. That thing, that that whatever it is you're looking for, it isn't out there in the street, it isn't here, it isn't in books, it isn't even in dreams. So why don't you just give it up, huh? You got something, Muggerman? Yeah, yeah. I got... I got a full morning's legwork to hand you. Legwork, routine checks, all yours. Anytime. So most of the morning I spent with the counselor, John Randall, attorney at law. John Randall, attorney to the Sisters Royce. How did you Easy. find it? A... <laughs> when you left me in the missing Margaret Royce's room last night, I nosed you around, peeked at papers, correspondence, things, among which was a letterhead, John Randall, attorney at law. Has a nice office. He's a nice fellow. Well, he... what did you... You're doing it again, Danny. You never let me finish. Margaret. What you didn't let me finish was that Randall is also a truly cooperative counselor. He gave me a detailed description of Margaret Royce, for whom he's performed legal chores for, uh, my, my, 18 years. Did you put out Yeah, Danny, yeah. It's on the wires a couple hours already. Every beat cop, every squad car, they got the word of Margaret Royce. Uh, another thing they got. And you'll let me have it too, huh, Muggavin? <laughs> the stolen jewelry that Sister Leela cried about. Uh, according to Randall, it's worth at the most a couple hundred or, well, add or lose 50. The good stuff, the expensive ice, uh, Margaret Royce kept in a safety deposit box in the bank. which You don't mind, huh, Danny? I don't know what I'd do if you didn't. Oh, you mind. That's Lieutenant Clover's office. Yeah, I'll take it. This is Mugglin. Yeah? Where? Yeah, I got it right away. Things I learned from just being rude. Margaretman's so helpful. Margaret Royce, Danny, she's been found. Where? Well, let's just get a squad car. I'll lead the way. Through here, huh? Honor, get back! Come I, on, let us through. Hey, wait now! Don't push me, Mister. Oh, you're something special, huh? I'll
6: say I am. I found it. I found a dead body. I was going through the stuff in
4: that vacant lot, back of that billboard, and under a lot of cans and things. There did she did good,
1: Mister. Just stand
4: back, huh? Oh, how do you like that? That's the thanks I get, huh? That's the hello I get for being
6: the one fella in a whole city.
4: Description checks, Danny, to the detail. Age, color of hair, type of clothes she wore, type handbag she carried. Driver's license. Says Margaret Royce. Danny? Strangled. These bruise marks on the throat. A pile of tin cans and back of a billboard. Old lady. It's a dream world we live in, huh, Danny? Sure it is.
2: You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Tomorrow night, don't miss Lionel Barrymore as a star and host on exciting historical dramas, original stories about little-known heroes of America's early days. Learn about our history makers, men and women with dreams they themselves made come true. Hear a new colorful true story each week on your Sunday night Hall of Fame Playhouse, over most of these same stations... presented by CBS Radio.
1: The golden light of May... flows gently through the plastic canyon... and Broadway shimmers. Langer walks the pavement... rhythm to the pulsing of May wind... and its perfumed silk... lisps softly. The hawkers yawn their tunes... The loudspeakers drone, and there's the slow dance of yesterday's in the gutters of May time. A day to write home about. A day to ride the rides, dare the midway, toss the hoop, win the ham. So find the place and hold it close before it slips through your fingers. And at headquarters, a morning glory, species Geno Tartaglia. <sighs>
7: Busier than a mongoose at a cobra convention. What, uh, Gino? I merely passed the remark... Well, I heard
1: what you said. The question is, uh, do you feel all right, Gino? In the paint? No.
7: Well, you seem to have a doubt about the matter. No, no,
1: no. It's just that thing you said.
7: Mongoose at a cobra convention? There's another way to describe the daily hurly-burly of a police sergeant. If Mrs. T. was to sit on the edge of your bed and read to you into the wee hours from the jungle tales of Sir Rudyard Kipling, suppose you would come up with another phrase to explain the
8: I wouldn't think. You see?
7: Nothing else for me, Gino? Only this item that I have been sweating over to parlay to you in proper order. Item from Henry Bader, pawnbroker of Lower Third Avenue. And what about him? About him. That late yesterday afternoon, on routine check of boys from pawn shop, detailed that Mr. Bader reported to them that jewels, answering to the description of jewels stolen from Margaret Royce, murdered, deceased, were hawked with him. With the same Mr. Bader, itemized list herewith.
1: Oh, thanks. There's nothing on this about who pawned them
7: said jewelry being of such paltry value, quoting Mr. Bader, coming to the loan sum of $164, that Mr. Bader did not take a second look at the hawker. Only when our boys questioned him did he note the similarity You'll of... do something for me, huh? you know? A uh, question, Danny. My right arm, the loan of my rainy day savings, whatever... Just heaven... get
1: Charles Bader down here, have him run through the show-ups to see if he can identify the man who pawned the jewelry.
7: With one finger tied behind my back. Anything else, Danny? Oh, that's all, Gino. A container of coffee, a pack of cigarettes, a piece of fruit.
1: No, Gino,
7: thanks. Nothing else. If you need, holler. It's been pleasant, Danny.
1: The time again. Respite. Just sit there at the desk and consider... Take the quarter hour and draw triangles and circles on a pad and unfinished names and heavy black lines for unfinished thoughts. And because you're a policeman, draw the symbol on the page again, personal cipher that means murder, again. And because murder is a folder in front of you, you're drawing a salary. Open it. Read names and statements and remarks. The name intrudes. John Randall, lawyer, friend to family of deceased, man necessary to talk to for background... Valuable man for investigating officer. Phone him. Busy man, but he will find a few minutes to give you. Squad car and go to him. Well manicured in double-breasted gray, pearl stick pin, French cuffs, and no shoes.
8: They kill me. And since you're not a client, Mr. Clover, you won't mind if I just... Oh, not at all. Uh, I suppose it would be cricket if I asked you to join me. Uh, I mean it. You can... No, thanks, uh, but I... Uh... It's uh, about the Sisters Royce, of course. That's right. Really, all I've done about them the last ten years or so is look in on them. Most of the time, Their business affairs. The phone is adequate or mail.
1: Have you any idea why Margaret Rice was murdered?
8: Hmm, fairly obvious, don't you think? No. Where she was found and how. A mugger, I'd say. Well, what about Leela? I know you're joking, but I don't know why you are. That boy, Donnie Benton. Oh, I don't know too much about that. I, I couldn't give you an opinion there.
1: Well, then let's get back to Leela. But I could know something about... Why
8: him. she's like she is? Yes. She drowned her father. Why? Long, long time ago, when she was a child. Drowned him? Cried wolf.
1: You mind telling me what you An
8: outing. A lake. Leela made believe she was lost, yelled help. The father thought she was in the water, went in after and was drowned. Leela was making a joke. I'd call that drowning her father, wouldn't you? What about the mother... ...died when Leela was born? So you see... The guilt of killing both parents. People go through life with various things. Leela's happens to... Say, look at the time, will you? Client time. Mrs. Tromley wants to make out a will again. Uh, Mind throwing me that shoe? Thanks. Mr. Clover, it was a real pleasure.
1: So saying, the man with the client saluted me with his Oxford and pointed a toe at the door... I left. Legwork now, based on information at hand. To the neighborhood of Miss Leela Royce and to neighbors. Knock on doors and pose her name. Miss Leela? Ask back a man in midday pajamas. A doll, just a doll. Echoed by his wife, who suddenly appeared chin-first over her husband's shoulder in matching pajamas. Whatever Husby says, triple it. Another door... Little girl lets you know through a space helmet that Miss Royce is simply super astral. So saying disintegrates you with a simple zing from a ray gun. Another door and a girl with no makeup informs you that although Miss Leela might seem strange that there was undoubtedly an explanation to it and she can't discuss it now because her Maltese kitten needs its hundred strokes. And the final door.
6: Yes, I know Leela quite well. Her apartment's right down the hall. Oh, and... May I
1: come in, Mrs. Rumford?
6: Oh, yes, please, please do. I was sitting in the kitchen, and I was reading and having coffee. Uh, would you... Uh... Well, thank you. This way. It's awful what's happened to Lila's sister, isn't it? Oh, please sit down. Isn't it awful? Here's your coffee. Oh, thanks. I wonder...
1: Wonder What?
6: Whether Leela really knows what's happened, can grasp it, I mean, about her sister's being dead. Pass the sugar, please. Thank you.
1: Have you talked with her about her sister's death?
6: Oh, no, that would be cruel. Next week is time enough. You're not drinking your coffee.
1: Mrs. Rumford... uh...
6: Personally... What? I don't think Leela should miss her very much. Margaret was so mean... Didn't understand Leela at all.
1: But you do. About
6: the boy, uh, about Donnie.
1: That's what I mean.
6: Oh, such a nice boy. Margaret didn't think that at all. (laughs) You know what she thought about Leela and that boy, I mean? (laughs) I've got some cookies. No, thanks. Well, you can imagine what Margaret thought. (laughs) But I know different. Leela is a lonely woman. And Donnie? I think he's a lonely boy. I don't think age or love or any of those things have anything to do with it. Uh, She got lost one day, and he found her, and... Well, that's it. Uh, Your coffee's getting cold. Oh,
1: it was good coffee, Mrs. Rumford. Thanks a lot. In here, Miss Royce.
3: Donnie.
5: Oh, I'm sure it's all right if Mr. Clover says so. Please sit down. Miss Royce, we call this the interrogation room. Donnie. He just wants to ask us some more questions. Isn't that right, Mr. Clover? Well,
1: mostly a question for you, Donnie.
5: I told you you didn't have to come down here with me, Miss Royce. What question?
1: We found the jewels that were stolen from your sister. Oh. Jewels were pawned pawnbroker has been at the show-ups downstairs most of the day trying to identify the man who sold them to him.
5: Well, what question do you want to ask me?
1: It was a pawn shop on 3rd Avenue. Did you take the jewels and sell them? Of course not.
3: Of course he didn't.
1: Well, anyhow, I'll want the pawnbroker to look at you and tell me.
7: Sergeant Gino Tartaglia speaking, Danny.
1: Call downstairs to the show-up, Gino. Tell them we're ready up here.
7: and just called, Danny. They're on their way up.
1: All right. Miss Royce, Yes. how well did you get along with your sister?
3: She was my sister.
5: Mr. Clover, you were to ask me the questions. All right, Donnie.
1: How well did you get along with Miss Royce's sister?
5: She'd never talk to me. She never looked at me. If we were in a room together, sometimes she was there when I came to visit Miss Royce here. When that happened, she'd pretend I wasn't there. One time I got right up and stood real close to her, right in front of her.
4: Inside. I said in. Okay, okay. That guy. You sure? I said that guy, didn't I? So it's that guy. Sure, you're the guy. I know you.
5: I never saw you before in my life.
4: You ain't kidding, but I know you. How are you? Is this gentleman the pawnbroker, Muggerman? No, the pawnbroker went home. This is the man who sold him those jewels. Identified in the show-up. Name's Monty Allen. How are you? That goes for everybody. Well, tell everybody about it, Monty. This boy here, I got to tell you something, boy. Next time you walk through Coney, don't beg for it. I don't understand what you're talking about. Leaving a leather case sticking six inches out of your hip pocket like that. Get the picture, Danny? Okay, take him away, Michael. All right, outside, Monty. Goodbye, folks. That goes for everybody.
3: Mr. Clover. What? Donnie is... He's... Well...
1: Like a son, a brother, what?
3: It doesn't have to be any of those, Donnie.
5: The way she spoke to you.
3: You see, Mr. Clover, Donnie's a person who likes me, whom I can depend on.
5: The way she spoke to you.
3: He doesn't blame me for anything.
5: The way she kept reminding you.
3: On account of me, my father died, Mr. Clover, and my mother.
5: You should have heard the way she spoke to her. And beside that... What? The, th- the thing she said about Miss Royce and me.
3: Donnie and me. I'm frightened of most things, Mr. Clover. But not when Donnie's around. He
5: killed your sister. You
1: understood that, didn't you?
3: You see what I mean? When Donnie does something, I'm not frightened anymore. I don't have to be afraid of my sister anymore. Because Donnie... Because
5: we're alike, Miss Royce and me. That's one thing that her sister said that was true.
1: Killed her. Took the jewels and made it look like a robbery. And walked the midway at Coney with the loot. You knew your pockets would be picked the way you. I ought
5: to. I worked there long enough. Did you know I met Miss Royce there? Yes, I know.
3: I was lost. He found me.
1: When dawn touches Broadway, the shadows linger for one final instant, then leave and take away the night. A cloud drifts. Far away a bird tips and touches it with a wing. And time has come for the day. People wake, fury gathers, crowd funnels into the street. Walk easy. The shock is on. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat.
2: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calford as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Norma Varden was heard as Leela and Sam Edwards as Donnie. Featured in the cast were Martha Wentworth, Jerry Hausner, and Hal Gerard. Bill Anders speaking. In the movie Gone with the Wind, it cost $472,000 to burn down Atlanta. On Lux Radio Theater, it costs $27 plus the imagination of the listeners to 105 million radio sets. If you'd like to burn down a city to attract an audience, do it on radio and save $471,973. And speaking of the Lux Radio Theater, don't forget to hear it this Monday night on most of these same stations. Radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense, is heard Monday evenings on the CBS Radio Network.